welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Protzman. On this podcast, Chris and I offer a spontaneous, ongoing conversation about how music is intertwined with healing and consciousness. Our first season helped lay the foundation and build some of the superstructure for what we want to do here in Season 2, where we'll be welcoming some intriguing guests, going deeper into ancient mysteries and wisdom, and cultivating your background knowledge and curiosity. We hope these discussions will inspire your own study and practice of the musical and healing arts, and that your contribution to advancing world consciousness will be satisfying for you and transformative to those around you. Let's get started. So the idea is that consciousness is not just one way of thinking. I grew up in a pretty narrow religious way of thinking, which was an acceptable consciousness. You know, it worked within the paradigm of that religion. But the moment that you stepped outside of that, everything changed. And, you know, it kind of like, it burst your bubble a little bit. Because you got somebody poking at you saying, no, Bill, your paradigm is kind of not right in this area. And, you know, the, with all the wheels coming off of all the paradigms in the world right now, <laughs> we need something solid to hang on to, right? And, and, it's, and there's nothing solid to hang on to. It's fluid. So how do we ride the wave, I guess, is maybe the, what's the best way to ride the wave or to at least not drown <laughs> in this crazy um, explosion of consciousness that it, it is in many ways really beautiful and also very frightening for a lot of people. Yeah, it's change, I think, is the most frightening thing. Uh, and especially, sure. you know, it's the unknown. It's That's our classic fear as at least modern humans. We have maybe been conditioned, I don't know, but certainly as a whole, we're, we're pretty terrified of change uh, in a general sense. And I think one of the best ways that we can come back to maybe, let's say, yeah, a state of mind that can help us through this transitional period that we're definitely in right now, that is exciting and scary all at the same time. And I mean, what's like nervous when you're feeling nervous about something, 90% of the nervousness is actually just excitement. It's just masked with a bit of insecurity. Yeah, you notice that too, right? How close anxiety and excitement are, and you can choose to be like all scared about the roller coaster. Or you can just relax into it and go with it. And the same feeling um, gets processed by the head brain. The same physical stimulus gets processed by the head brain, depending on how you choose to experience it, right? You can yeah. either have fun with it, or you can be terrified out of your mind. Like I was first time I ever rode a roller coaster, <laughs> right? Ah, what is this? Dad, don't make me do this thing. Right. And you push your you push yourself out of your comfort zone. And, and maybe you in that moment are like, yeah, I'll never really ever want to do that again. That was terrifying. You know, yeah, right. and, or you'd be like, maybe like me and be like, that was terrifying. And I kind of want to do it again. Yeah, I want to do know? it again. Like Superman right. at the at Six Flags. 100%, right? And then you do it again. And then it's a little less scary. And yeah. then you do it again. And it's a little less scary. And then you hit that threshold of now it's really not too scary. It's actually so exciting that now, like now we're in a really like a sweet spot, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's a, that's a really fun, fun place to be, especially with something that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And that, that can be obviously applied to anything in your life. And so back to your question, Bill, I think it's a great question. And, and, and one of the things that for me, at least I find essential for handling the waves and handling the, uh, let's say like what looks like to be utter chaos on the surface, at least 
I, I feel like really keeping uh, your inner child and the childlike play and wonder perspective uh, at heart to be the most important and easy. And, and for me, it's been the most mm, positive way for me to navigate all the unknowns right now is to keep that childlike perspective. And so what I mean by that is, first of all, kids love change. So they're a great example of how we can totally embrace change. We just get you know, with time and age, we get more complacent and we just get more stuck in our ways. If you, if you want to say Go that, right. Say it. We get lazy. We get a little lazy. We also do just build up that comfort and comfort sure. is great. And comfort can be really debilitating too, right? Cause it yeah. doesn't push us into evolving ourselves. So going back to that inner child playfulness that we can all tap into any time, especially if you want to just get a really quick way to do it, pick up an instrument, start playing music, right? So if you can just start to get familiar with the play of life and coming back into that perspective of, of a child taking, uh, taking a gander at what's happening right now, that might be the perspective switch that could help reframe things into, okay, yeah, it's scary. And it's scary like a roller coaster. So a roller coaster is still like, I'm there with the intention of play and fun. And yeah, I'm a little freaked out about it. And come on, let's, let's just give it a go. Let's yeah, see what happens. Ride, ride it. See what happens. Of course, you this, won't this, know try. the analogy breaks down because a roller coaster, we know how it's going to end. <laughs> yeah. It's a giant loop, right? And in right. real life, uh, consciousness is not a loop. No. <laughs> it's no, more a, a of vortex a vortex. Uh, yeah, more of a vortex. Yeah. You know, like I sometimes feel like I'm going in circles, but we never really are. We're, we're going in a, a vortex. So you never really meet the same place. You're yeah. always evolving. Maybe if it's just small and incremental and, and not really noticeable, you're still, there's always shifts happening. So even uh, if they're but, tiny, I mean, I, I, we were talking about this before we hit record, you know, how you take the shadow journey, the repeated ups and downs, right. And it becomes like a roller coaster. Not that, in, not in the sense that you're going to get back to where you started, but in the sense that it's got its ups and downs and you love to play with them. And, um, Part of that is fully experiencing. It's like you cannot feel the G's at the bottom of a hill in the roller coaster. There's no way you can choose not to feel that. You got to feel that stuff. And you cannot feel the negative G's when you're in free fall, right? Or you cannot choose to not feel those. It's like you don't have a choice. Physically, you're stuck. And it's a little bit like that in the consciousness journey, too. Provided you accept it, don't fight it. You optimize your resources because you're not pushing back against gravity or something stupid. You're flowing with it. And yeah, it can feel crappy. It can be terrifying. And it can also feel very good. You know, when you when you reach a destination, you realize what's happened. And it might feel very repetitive. That's my thing. It's like, I'm doing this again, dude. I've been through this one more time. Maybe something changed slightly that I didn't notice the last time. Right? Maybe, I'll, maybe I won't know until I've been through it a dozen times. Who cares? Let's just keep doing it. You know, just keep play. Keep play going. And you know what we're talking about right here is it, ironically, as I'm thinking about this, is this is this the creative process or not? You know, yeah. this is what it is. People yeah. always see the torture artist and the hit record. They don't really get the rest of the process in between, you know, the hard work. But that's the, what's the happening. Blood, right? Blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears. You know, and you know, with great respect and compassion, because sometimes you, you lose the battle, right? Kurt Cobain. Um, How many other Winehouse. artists? Is that the age of twenty-seven, right? The twenty-seven club. Yeah, 
Um, you know, it's, it's so true. Right. It, and, it, and, and that's, that's, that's a journey and that's a path for um, that soul to, uh, to sure. still make the impact that they obviously made. And Oh yeah. Look at the music that, you know, we have, even from those short lived, uh, there was a marathon runner who we lost tragically that just this last week, who was poised to be the leading marathon runner in the world. And this guy was amazing. Right. And he got killed in a car wreck or something. Crazy yeah. thing, you know? all well so um he gave us a beautiful sort of invitation yeah you know to what's possible yeah just the way all these uh, oh man everybody at the grammys whether they're singing and receiving an award or not everybody in that amazing youtube documentary about we all the world you know how did that all come together what magic made that happen it's it, it's part of that crazy process of going into the pressure cooker and seeing what comes out. And I think you have to, like, that's part of the creative process is there's always a risk. And that's actually usually quite a high risk, I think. And like, uh, yeah. especially the very meaningful creative projects, maybe the bigger ones, let's say, for for, for someone's personal uh, journey. And those, those big projects or those bigger creative um, ideas, they really do take you on... Uh, a complete spiritual awakening journey in, in like a, in a microcosm of it, you know, like the whole, in a business, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've met that talk about the entrepreneurial journey being exactly the same as a spiritual awakening journey. I mean, really one and the same. And you can, it's almost like you can break down the creative journey, the spiritual awakening journey to, to it's like that hero's journey. Every single life is literally a different iteration of that hero's journey in different ways. Like you have, a micro versions throughout every day of that journey. You have bigger versions within your, your week, your month, and then of course your life. And it's all just these bigger kind of versions of the Russian doll, you know, like, yeah, you know, of itself. Right. But it's, it all kind of comes back to that journey and that journey. It's almost like becoming more consciously aware of these, these heroes journeys we take every single day and every single week, every single month, every like our throughout our lives and then just recognizing them. They're all journeys. And so one day we might just wake up and we're at a particular part of that journey and it might not feel as good. And those are the harder days, of course, but then to recognize like, yeah, but that is also just a part of the journey and there's importance and reason to why we feel kind of crappy right now. And every time I feel that way, as much as it might annoy the crap out of me, I you know, have to ask like, well, what's this teaching me? It's easy yeah. to learn from the the nice feelings and that stuff. You're like, okay, I'll just do more of that because that felt great, you know. But when it's not feeling great, oh man, I mean, that's where there's so much. The golden nuggets are in that part, right? What is it, uh, Michael Franti Franti says about that? What the, when the hard times come, the teacher's in the room. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, I can get that. But hey, you know what? If you took the hero's journey, you did a little map of it. You look like a wave. Yes. Right? Yep. It would look an awful lot like a sound wave. Yes. Right? Vibration. So the hero's journey is this ultra slowed down version of a tone of some kind, right? Yes, or maybe I it know. is a tone. <laughs> it's a pretty low one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got the up, the down, and the valleys. Coming back to kind of coming back to the beginning, but obviously you're here versus here. So it's, yeah. you know, you've you changed. You've made you changed. Uh, and the amplitude and the, what is it? The, the length of the, the, the frequency and the yep. amplitude change. So the, how many times you do that in your life might be, if you could graph that, or if you could somehow perform that, 
it would sound like you <laughs> doing your hero's journey over and over, right? Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's right? probably gonna become like an algorithm where you type in like your life's journey and then it creates a song. It creates based- a song based on that. Well, we already have that. AI can do that right now. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that song will be any good, but I'm sure it's possible. Well, you can't take you can't take the human out of music, and and that's the nice thing I've I've been hearing across the board with the AI stuff is that it still sounds like AI, and there's a there is a missing humanness, a human element, and that is the creative sauce. Like creativity yeah. is one of the defining traits of being a human being, right? And it's funny that at least until now, it's still one of the least recognized traits as a monetary commodity as a oh, finance. Yes, I see what you're saying. Right. Right. And obviously that's a general statement. Creativity in tech or something is still uh, recognized more, you know, generally as like, yeah, obviously we want that, but the creative uh, pursuits like any of the arts, right. Or even honestly, like architecture and things like that. I just find don't have, haven't in the past, I think we're moving into a new place where that's changing, but in the past have just not had the same credibility and value given to us by the mainstream, by society. And that's changing, you know, and that's, oh, it's, and absolutely that's changing. Yeah. it's changing really, really quickly right now. I've got to offer something that Dylan said about this. Turns out I have to be working on this song, but you got to serve somebody. So the name of the song is serve somebody. And it's as Dylan's songs are got a lot of verses. Yeah. But if you think about it, you know, wh- who you're serving and what's the result of that. And if your thing is technology and you're bigger, better, faster, we need that, right? We, it's great yeah. to have technology that works better than it did before. And if your thing is art, that's fine. That's great. But the, the thing that Dylan's pointing out is that it makes a difference who you serve, like internally, spiritually to you. As a human being, it's going to make a difference. And he's not offering judgment on this, although the choices are binary in the song. He's not offering judgment. He's just saying, you know what, you're going to have to choose and, and making that conscious. So after AI automates everything and all of what we need is produced for free, and you know, down that road, what's going to be left? Creativity is going to be left. Yeah. And the human spirit. And we're going to be able to relate to each other so much more uh, peacefully than we do now when we're all in this comp- competitive world of trying to make the next you know widget happen or the next buck happen whatever it is so uh go bob <laughs> you know thank you for offering us this idea that we really do need to choose carefully yeah. and it's not a right or wrong choice i gotta say that again it's not a judgment-based choice it's an internal choice like what serves you what what do your choices actually do for you? Uh, and the and the ones that we've been talking about here, these creative choices, um, those are the fun ones. You know, do I want to ride the loop coaster or the log ride? Right, that's the kind of choices that we should be looking at and putting value on. Not, for heaven's sake, whether I need to update my cell phone again. Right. Yeah. Now, why would I care if I have a, a more expensive, bigger, better, faster version of something that's addictive and destroys my mental health? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> or it's like, can I turn that? You know, it's like this is the thing I think that I'm hearing as well is how how can we, on a daily basis, try to reroute our thought process where it will typically go back into the old stories of 
oh, this isn't good enough or all oh, this, this just wouldn't be accepted by, you know, um, the market, you know, I couldn't make money off of doing something that I deeply love. God forbid. I, I how could I ever do that? Um, and then it's like, okay, uh, we can take that. And then now we can, let's reframe that entire question as to like, well, what this thing that I love right now that I'm thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm passionate right now, about whatever this thing is, how can I take that and then serve with it? How can I be of service with this thing? Whatever that thing is, we can get way out of music right now. We can think of anything, but that thing, or maybe series of things, and then just reframe the question and be like, how can I serve? And I had to re yes. re ask myself this question, even just in the winter, because I was getting all these weird hints to start teaching music. And for me, I taught music in my twenties for a little bit. It never really stuck with me. And, and as a, mm, as a musician who went through music in very different educational routes, you know, I, I didn't go through formal lessons for a long time. And then when I did, I hated them. So for me, uh, my all my association with music lessons for my life, ironically, as a as a professional musician, have been quite negative actually, and have been more like ugh, boring. You know, that's that's right. my association right. with it. I just get bored because that's just not. I I didn't learn. I don't learn music the way that the traditional methods of teaching music uh, were conducive for. But then again, a, you know, good friends and good community do these things where they ask you questions, and they, you know, good friends of mine um, asked me the right questions to provoke uh, a new way of thinking about teaching music. And I'm just using this as an example, or even recently, like we always have to kind of re rejig ourselves and reshape the way we're looking at. Yeah. Um, I think things in our life, especially if we're looking at the creative things that we want to bring into our, our world and, and then trying to think I'm like, well, is that even possible? It's like, yeah, well, you can just ask that question. Like, how is this creative idea that I'm thinking about right now going to serve the people that I want to serve? You know, and that was where I came in with the lessons of like, well, I love bringing music to people. I love seeing the faces of people when they start to play something light up or when they start to write and create a song and start to record that song. And when I've helped my friends do that and they come back and they're just elated that they have a thing, that tangible thing called a song yeah. they can now play for their, you know, whoever they want. And just like, I want that. That's great. And so then I just had to start to connect those dots with that feeling and then how can I serve people with that feeling of that passion, that creation? So it's like a formula that maybe our, our wonderful audience, you guys, you know, you can apply that and then let us know in the comments, what, what if, what, what came out of that process? You know, what do you want to create? And then what is that creation going to serve or who is that creation going to serve? I think so. you nailed it. it. You just unpacked the third way in Dylan's song, <laughs> right? Great. Because you can decide whether I'm going to serve uh, you know, the red team or the blue team. But the, the next level down in the song is you got to serve somebody. What are you going to serve? Like, what is your, you were just talking about, what will I bring to the table? And what, what are my talents? What are my gifts? And how can I do that? And, oh my gosh. And that's the third way. Because there you go. It doesn't have to be red or blue. What do I bring to the table? Well, I bring green. I bring purple, you know, and, and that's my passion. And you know, go for it, right? Yeah. Because it's no longer a binary choice. And and out of that, you get the inspiration because you're not choosing one or the other. You're doing the and, right? The, you're walking in the way of the and, or what the Taoists would say, you're walking in the way because it is the way. It's not 
anything that you can define except that it's uniquely yours. And your gift and your talent and all of the other amazing things that have come to you in this moment, you're uniquely qualified to bring your gift into the mix so that it doesn't have to be one way or the other. And thank heaven the world is finding this out now. I love what you said about the, the sort of the Taoist way, right? Of the right. way. And it's so true because that ancient philosophy couldn't be more you know, relevant right now. And, and that's the thing with the creative process or any process for that matter is you don't know, you really don't know what the ending is. You know, like we, we really have no idea where this life is leading for any of us. Let's yeah, be honest. Things get real easy when you give that up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so put you right in the moment. <laughs> and that's tough. You know, I've struggled with that because I, you know, we have these identities and these, our ego wants to hold on to this, I, these ideas of who we think we are supposed to be in this and that, and this and that. And, you know, you're going to experience many ego deaths in this creative journey and that's okay. It's beautiful. It's part of the process. And that's, I think another you know, reason why it's so, it's so important to go through these, these creative processes and journeys with whatever the project is, whatever the creation is, music, dance, tech, whatever, whatever the heck it is, is because then you learn the flow of life. You learn the way in that process, because the more that you can let go of the end outcome, the with still having goals and still having like, you know, an idea of where you're going, you can still understand how the flow of life will, is always going to take you not exactly where you think or somewhere completely, like not even close yeah. to where you think. It's yeah. never going to be exactly what you think and letting go of that and knowing that, guess what? Just having a, a good enough idea of what that outcome you want and then letting go of it and then letting it become whatever it's meant to become, that's going to help you a lot in your creative journey as well. Getting out of your own way, getting out of the way of expectations while still having a frame of of structure and still having like an intention and still having like a sense of where we want to go roughly and then letting go of that outcome one it's going to reduce a heck of a lot of stress and anxiety um and two i think it's going to really help the create the creation flourish into perhaps its highest outcome that it could have yeah because, yeah you know and i've learned this bill and i'm sure you have too with like when i try to go into a creative uh, endeavor with a lot of preconceived ideas of exactly what I want already at the end of it. It's like, I'm already creating a framework where I'm going to be dragging feet and dragging things through. Yep. And there's no more, there's, it's going to just eliminate flow altogether. It's when you yep. want to, when you want to type a perfectionist control, 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 control the situation. Mm -mm. And you still want to have some part of that. You want to have structure of some kind, a framework, perhaps, but man, when you try to micromanage all of it, then it's just like, don't, you're going to create a lot of stress for yourself and everybody else involved. You're describing that documentary on We Are the World. Right. Watching right. how they navigated through that whole thing is just beautiful because, you know, you've got to do, you've got to do this thing, right? Right. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who wants to watch the documentary, but you described the process there, which was the beautiful part. You know, watching all those incredible, like all the talent in the room. If, if, if a bomb had dropped on that room that night, that would have been the end of pop music, right? Watching that all happen is so skillful in the way that, that it's been put together. And they had some good leaders there. So one of the things that was cool about that, and you've alluded to it too, is that when you're in this process, uh, notice that there are gurus, that there are mentors, that are people that are around you, like really close in that you might not recognize for their value, 
that can help you in that process. And it might be a stranger on the street who says something just one time, one day, and gets you out of your space. You, you, being ultra aware of that is part of the process. You know, part of the the early part of the shadow journey is full of trials and tribulations that soften you up and make you bleed. You know, you you carry wounds with you, but then you find the guru who can help take you to the next place or suggest what you can do with that wound that you might have thought not have thought of before. And uh, in that place, like reach out. If you know somebody who's done the shadow journey a bunch of times, uh, be, and you haven't done it yet, reach out because those people are there to help. And that's part of the burden of having done the shadow journey a bunch of times. You realize right away that you have this responsibility to others who are, who want to do it too, who want to come with you or want to do their own or, you know, in some other way. And oh, that's, that's beautiful work, man. I, I love doing that work, but you don't advertise for that. You don't market for that. You just keep doing what you're doing. And somebody shows up, Hey, you know, Chris, that song that you had really opened me up to something new. Tell me more about that. Like, just give me something to hang on to there because I've got the song, but I want to know more, right? And when those questions come, wow, that's the juice, right? Then you know that whatever you're doing is having an impact. And the people who are asking you are ready to have their own impact in their own way too, which is so cool. So cool to be a part of that ongoing, uh, I don't know, mentoring process, shepherding process. I love that, Bill. I mean, you're just sorry. I got a lot of ideas just came from that because it's so true, right? So, my first thought is absolutely like look out in your everyday life of who you could reach out to that's external to yourself, obviously. And and, and the most simple, maybe not as we think of guru as maybe a uh, you know like a pretty big a deity or oh or yeah, a, yeah, like it's not somebody sitting on a mountaintop. We're talking about like a homeless person might walk walk up to you and offer you something. You, you don't you don't know what it's going to look like, but you'll know what it feels like probably when you're in the interaction, and that can come from anywhere. So yeah, don't don't have any preconceived ideas what that could look like because that could look like your Uber driver, homeless person, your grandmother. I don't know. Like the wisdom will come from sometimes the most hilarious sources, and, that, oh, and that's sure. like best. your child, a significant other, or you know, it, it might even come from a politician you hate. <laughs> Totally. Oh, I mean, those right? are the best is when you get these gems from tip, sometimes uh, personalities that you almost inherently disagree with on everything. Yep. I love those when those are always throw you for a loop, right? And so there's that idea, which is to be in that that open-mindedness to see um, the areas that we can, the people we can connect with to, to further our learning and our wisdom and our experience. You know, a great example of this would be uh, every almost every concert I go to, big, small, medium, whatever. Um, I try to, as a musician, go up to that stage and just take, I'll take photos and video of everything they have going on. So I look at it as, and I just do this for fun. I've done this since I was a kid. It's not something I'm thinking of doing as a professional, but I look back, I'm like, actually, that's a really good thing to do as a professional because you're researching your industry. And so I would go up to the stage and if there's any musicians I could speak to in that moment, I would just be like, Oh man, so I see you're using that pedal and like blah blah blah. So I would just be picking brains and I've been doing this my whole life. And I've realized, like, in a way, that's just a small example of what Bill's saying with this idea of find your, you know, maybe your daily guru or something. And you and you just you really start to find those moments where you can you bring that I'm always gonna I feel like bring it back to the inner child stuff. You want to bring that childlike curiosity. Remember those 
I was that annoying kid. Why, 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 why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But bring that back, you know, like bring back that why, that kid who keeps asking the why, 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 because that's how we learn. And especially now in this day and age, we have so many ways to learn. It's actually unbelievably amazing how how we can access knowledge especially with the online world so you can take that even further audience and start to look into people that you connect with online and reach out to them and yeah i don't know like buy them a starbucks gift card or just like find a way to maybe exchange energetically you know like uh, how you have something of value you could potentially provide and then or you just straight up ask them like hey we set up a call i'd love to pick your brain on a b c and d and just go from there. But then the last thing I want to lead is then the complete opposite of this, which is also, this is something I, I had a pretty profound breakthrough with a couple of weeks back, which is that we are our own guru and we are our own teacher and we are our own, you know, everything at the end of the day. And all of the things that we're looking for externally, ultimately all can be found within ourselves. And I think both are important. You know, I think what Bill's saying is totally important. We definitely want to look uh, outside for those opportunities because those are great. And those are why we're here in a 3D reality is to interact with it. So clearly that's important. And, you know, to get into the real depths of the consciousness and the metaphysics of it all, all of the external is a reflection of what's happening internally. So ultimately, you are the guru you're looking for. You are the teacher you're looking for. And to you know, have a balanced perspective on that. It's, it's not. And then, so it's not to say to, to hell with any external stuff. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying, but it's, to, it's to still come back to that, that foundational self-love and that foundational self-confidence that you can still always do this for yourself in different ways. And, and maybe that way is to still reach outward for that, but there's an internal, like, I'm going to find and provide this information for myself because I am my guru. And then that could lead to an external thing. But ultimately I always want to reinforce for everyone watching and listening that, uh, yeah, you are always the source of all your answers. I'm right with you on that. Thanks for clarifying that because, you know, you cannot reach in and change anybody. It just doesn't work. No. And all of the mythology that we have in the world supports this idea that it has to be individual, it has to be within you. All the, all the external stuff can help influence that, and you can choose to learn from it or not, but the ultimate solution is inside. That's, that's where it is. Um, I, I can't think of a wisdom tradition that turns away from that. You know, They all point back. And I mean, the best person to ask about that would be a Taoist, I think. Like, Certainly. Let's, show me the way that you're walking. And they go, well, I can't do that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they know inside exactly the way that they're walking right and it's that kind of awareness that we're talking about here you know it's it's the kind of awareness where if you're in the middle of a solo you don't know what's going to happen next you don't know what's going to happen next and it happens that's the kind of way we're talking about that it comes from that deep within you mm. and maybe a solo is the wrong kind of thing to choose for people who aren't like musically inclined or whatever but if you're watching a band do this you can see this happen you can watch a soloist just they have no idea what they're doing yeah <laughs> and they do it perfectly yeah right and and that's the kind of thing we're talking about here that's the kind of internal um i don't even want to call it knowledge the internal gas that keeps us going I don't, what is it energy <laughs> fire energy fire. yeah energy you know we can go all spiritual here but we won't 
<laughs> I, man, I was frustrated the other day because terminology, great terminology comes up. Like all we're all connected. And all of a sudden everybody's talking about connection and it doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we had a really good word there for about 30 seconds. Oh, right. Well, you just you we, we we love to categorize everything, right? And oh. uh, at least English and Western kind of traditions, right? I, I wish that I were better at my German heritage because one of the sad things for me about not knowing German really well is that it has all these feeling words that are so precise that we can't translate into English. Right. And, and our business here as musicians is all about feeling and, and, and yet we're limited in language to what we can say that we can express so much better at the piano or yeah. with our instrument and uh, great frustration, but maybe there's still time. I can go back and learn some German. Yeah, well, yeah, what a Dankeschön, Bitteschön, you know. It's all yeah, yeah, Duolingo, it's out there. I can go for this. <laughs> Prost, cheers. You know, I got the, I got the basics, but you got uh, the basics. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> it's true, you know. Though language, um, you know, I know with a lot of indigenous languages too, they they refer to time and space, yes, completely differently too, just completely in the different. language itself. So that, I mean, the language you speak really does carve out, you don't think, we don't think about this much at all, but it really carves out the way we perceive reality is the way we speak about reality, which of course makes sense. But this is, again, so many parts of our current society and reality that we're kind of blind to and just not aware of because we don't have, we're so whipped up to be freaking out about other things that we just don't have that time space uh, to to contemplate these. I would say arguably more important things to be, you know, probably in contemplating but oh well there's whole traditions that you can plug into that are all about contemplation that are very beautiful Uh, we've just given an example of one without even meaning to you got to serve somebody um instead of being external it also means internal yeah are you going to find your internal guru right you serve yourself how are you serving yourself right because until you at least they tell me unless you've got it right for yourself you have no business trying to make it right for anybody else and um yeah. <laughs> i don't think I'm a lot sure of i heard that the first time <laughs> yeah <laughs> why is it the people that have done the least amount of work are the ones that want to are the loudest <laughs> are the loudest it's so it's just i love it you know the coaching world is being um rampant with that it's oh my uh, gosh i'm turning away so that's i guess my my insight for 2024 at this moment is to turn away from the coaching world i i respect it yeah, but I am not a coach. Yeah, it's a tough word now because it's it's got well, so many words have so much baggage nowadays. But that's certainly one of them for me with coaching. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. But it, it it does come back to that, you know, um, looking for all the answers on the external uh, to an extreme. I would say, and a lot yeah. of coaches are probably on that side of the spectrum of like maybe not self empowering people as much. But you know this is me kind of grasping at straws. I'm not too, I, I'm not really embedded in that much anymore. So at the very least, I think the point of this whole podcast is to empower this, our, our wonderful audience to just find this within yourself and to also look externally balanced, you know, try, try both and see what happens with your creative process. You know, let us know perhaps in the comments, if you've got a creative project right now that you're working on and, you know, maybe use us as a litmus test, you know, leave a comment in this episode Watch another episode a couple of days later, a week later or something, and let us know how you're doing on that creative project after a week of, you know, perhaps contemplation, reaching out, et cetera. And what does your creative process look like? 
everyone's is different. And that's the fun thing too, is all the creatives have a different process. And that's yet another thing we got to embrace is the individuality of the process. Not let's really try our best to not compare to other people's journey. Cause that's one of the biggest downfalls I've, I've, I usually would experience in the past. Yeah, and comparison yeah. sucks. Comparison sucks. You know, I used to be a lot into the self-development uh, thought leaders, but I found that a lot of them, all they would do is just bring a bunch of other successful people show all the reasons why they're successful, which is, has value. But my problem was all I would be doing is comparing myself to these unbelievably successful people and then comparing it to, you know, and just being like, well, what's the point? (laughs) I know that's, that's exactly why I got turned off by network marketing in my teens. It's like, well, that's great guys, but you know, I'm not you. Exactly. You know, and, and, and if, if anyone's like, well, I want a pragmatic resource to help me figure out more of my individual process. Well, uh, for me personally, human design, or maybe gene keys, but I would, I lean to human design. It's even a little more masculine, a little more pragmatic, uh, a little more logistical or logical with how it's, how it breaks down. And uh, just check that out. You can get free human design charts and readings on online very, very easily. And and just look at your profile and, and maybe try to dive into a little bit of what it is telling you and how you are basically designed to operate on this in this reality and, and how your energy is designed to kind of fluctuate or cycle in this in this reality. And that could really help you with your creative process, too, because, again, it's individual. So the better you under, understand yourself, the better you're going to understand your uh, creative journey, essentially. I love that. Someday we should talk more about Iron John that Garrett Daly brought up. Because there's that whole idea of how men are not initiated the way they used to be anymore. And the work that you're doing is very aligned with this, you know, to help bring men back to a place where we can accept our manhood instead of being compressed into the various different ways that we're supposed to be acting, according to the experts, right? 100%. It hasn't been working. Oh, that's a whole different topic. Um, thank you, Gary, by the way, if you're listening for that, because I love Iron John. and <laughs> I gifted a copy to my son. and. Amazing book. And music is the way into consciousness if you're looking for a way. Yep. There are others, but you know, that's the one that Chris and I know. And it's a great ride. It's a great ride in there. It can be scary, can be terrifying, can be peaceful, can be sexy, can be, you know, very difficult. Yeah. Can be full of tears and can be full of joy. So, you know, take a ride on the music train and <laughs> See where it takes you into your own consciousness. I mean, just feel like that's a song right there. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> Take a ride on the music train. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next week, we'll have that one for you. There you go, everybody. Fully realized. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I, I appreciate it, Bill. It's always, uh, I always love these discussions. And, you know, I think for everyone listening, this was a great talk on on the creative process ultimately. So, like, let us know what your, pro- what is your process? Let us know what are your ups and downs, what are your challenges? And if it's got to do anything with music, I'd love to hear more about your relationship with music. Let us know what you would consider your relationship with music as, you know, I like to, I look at my life and I would say almost there's no, there's no, never real consistency Yet, if I had to look at any aspects that did have the most consistency in my life, music's got to be one of them, probably the number one in my life. When I say consistent, I just mean I have always been able to turn to music as 
whatever it needs to be in that moment. And it always delivers. So well said. Yes. I was thinking know, that as you were t- saying that, I'm like trying to come up with what you're going to say. That is it. <laughs> it's like whatever you need in that moment, music has something for you. It's so profound, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. That that was probably a brainchild of both of us telepathically working there, Bill. So <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, but it's so true. Like I, I, it's so freaking true because that's been my. It's it's you know I've called music my muse. You know, so many times. You know, music has been my best friend. Music has been my my mother, my father. Music has been you know my brother, my sister, my unborn child. It's been me. It's been my lover it's been my wife it's been my whatever right it's been all of these different things it's been you know my my depths of my sadness it's been the depths of my joy uh, everything else in between it's it's literally taken on so many infinite forms in my life but it's always always delivered it's never not delivered whenever i've needed music i can always lean on it or her i sometimes feel like music sometimes is this feminine entity because it's such a creative force right yes um but anyway she or it is just one of the most i would say and aspects of life i've been able to rely on the most consistently for whatever that thing is that i need you know people are amazing but we're certainly nowhere near perfect definitely not me so i know if i'm not no one really it, we're not none of us are so that's the whole point we're all flawed so therefore people are less consistent you know for me and that's okay i don't hold like a grudge towards people for that that's just how we are and you know i keep going back to these i'm like what has been the most consistent music music i can't think of one th- other thing that's been more i don't know about you bill what, what about you is there anything else <laughs> Asking a, another musician, obviously. Yeah, I mean, here. seriously, but but at the end of the day, there's uh, there's not. It's not about frequency. You know, there's no flow and frequency. It's just static. And yeah. but music offers the pathway, the transportation, the inspiration. There's all of that stuff. It beats you over the head when you're not doing it right. You know, it's it's a terrible taskmaster, but all of those aspects of the things that we need for growth are in music. Yep. Provided that we know how to recognize them and don't just let it all go by or keep it like wallpaper on the wall. It's it's all there, just inviting you in. Well said. Well I don't said. know what else we can say about this. This no, is I, I think this we is should this is and this is the final episode of this <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> no, it's not really because Chris has some exciting stuff coming up and of course we're going to tell you about that but not now. Not now, <laughs> but uh but yeah, we really I think we got a lot of really great stuff coming up for this we podcast. We do, yeah. And so much more that we can dive into. And also this is a beautiful button little kind of bow to leave it on today. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great place to leave it, Bill. This is just yeah. the music, you know, I think we just had a nice love affair with music right now. And just, you know, I think it's, it's great to just take a moment and, and acknowledge, you know, I mean, for uh, certainly for me, I mean, music, I can literally say has saved my life many times, uh, probably too many to at this point. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, it's just been everything that I've ever needed at any point, period. <laughs> Thanks music. Period. End love story. Yeah. Thanks, music. Chris, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, brother. What a great thing to be able to hang out and do this. Yeah. I know. This is very selfish. Audience, as you're listening to this, Chris and I do this because we love to talk about this stuff. Yeah. So if you're listening in on our conversation, want to throw in on it, tell me how crazy I am. 
Uh, you won't be the first. Love it. I welcome those comments. <laughs> Me <laughs> Fire too. Away. Fire away. But brother, this is great. And um, thanks for taking some time together and throwing our ideas around and, and, and worshiping at the well of music. How about that? I uh, can't, can't go wrong with that, Bill. Can't so thank that. you. I appreciate it. And everyone watching and listening, we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of uh, good old discussions of music, healing, and consciousness. Aho, everybody. Aho. Be well. <laughs>